in 2006, there were 2.2 million new cases of tuberculosis in India. 400,000 deaths in one year. But are we beginning to see an answer for this epidemic? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Shelley Batra. Dr. Batra is a practicing gynecologist, author of Intimate Self and 20 Minutes to Total Fitness. She's also president of Operation Asha. Thank you very much, Dr. Batra, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Pickard, for having invited me. Could you tell us first a little bit about Operation Asha and what it does? Operation Asha is a registered nonprofit for tuberculosis treatment. We are working in the urban slums, and we are providing medicines to the doorsteps of slum dwellers. In TB treatment, there is a very big problem, and that is the medicines have to be taken 60 times over six months, and these medicines have to be consumed in the presence of a volunteer in a registered center. They cannot be given to the patient to eat at home for obvious reasons. The patient will eat for a month, then throw them away, and that will lead to drug resistance, drug default, which can lead to MDR, multidrug-resistant tuberculosis, which can be fatal and usually is. So our aim is to provide medicines at a time and a place convenient to patients so no patient needs to miss a day's work or to spend money on bus fare to go to a center or a public hospital far away and no patient needs to walk more than 20 minutes in order to get the medicine. Our centers are open early morning and late night, and the medicines are there, available in major, near major bus stops, and practically on every street. This is what Operation Asha is doing, providing the last mile of the cable. You mentioned direct observation of treatment system. DOTS, this is actually a system that's been used in New York in 1990 when New York had an exacerbation of tuberculosis. So we're kind of familiar with this direct observation of treatment. Who are your patients? Can you describe who you're reaching out to? We are reaching to the slum dwellers. Now let me first describe what a slum looks like. In Delhi, we have huge houses, five-star buildings, and standing cheek by jowl are the small hutments. And there's slums so far, so deep, and so far away from the main roads that they cannot be accessed by a bicycle. There is a rough mud track. No cars can go there. You have to walk on foot. A typical slum is a rag pickers colony. The first time I went there, I was witnessing a mountain of garbage, what seemed like garbage. The stench was unbearable. And when I spoke to the people and I said, may I remove this? May I get this place cleaned? They said, no, please don't touch this. Touch this garbage. This is our capital with which we work. For several miles, there was garbage. And in between these garbage were small huts. These were made of paper, corrugated cardboard sheets, strung together, stitched by rough cord, and with a plastic sheet on top. There was no running water. No toilet facilities, no electricity. People were living there, cooking in the open and defecating in the open. This is what our slums look like, the worst ones. You use the term rag picker. Is that a slang or is that actually their occupation? Oh, it is their occupation. This is a rag picker's colony. Now, what these people do, they collect garbage from all over the city, bring them to their homes, pile it in front of their houses, and then they sort it out. Entire families, including children, are doing the job of sorting out garbage. So they try and salvage bits of iron, metal that can be sold. The plastic is kept separately. 
And, unfortunately but true, the rotten pieces of food go in the children's mouths and they get diarrhea and dysentery. And the place is full of flies and I think every kind of infection possible. And the stench is unbearable, as I said. When it rains, the rainwater mixed with the dirt flows into the huts of the people. Tuberculosis in the 20th century in the United States actually began to improve before we had drugs. Yes, and we look back on it now and we realize that it had to do with sanitation and nutrition. So the incidence of tuberculosis fell in the United States in the 20, early 20th century due to things like nutrition and sanitation. I can see now, looking at the situation of your patients, that you not only have the problem of getting the drugs to them, you have to deal with nutrition and sanitation as well. Yes, you are very right. Before the advent of anti-tubercular drugs, the incidence of tuberculosis fell rapidly in the West because of improvement in living conditions. Now in India, the sheer population of the poor is so much, it's so so overwhelming, the magnitude of the problem, that we cannot go into sanitation and housing. But what we can do is to attack the disease from every direction, catch hold of as many patients as possible and treat them in as short a time as possible. So TB treatment in India is a race against time. We have to work very hard, have many more centers, so that no patient escapes treatment. You describe these streets, these alleys, how does the patient get to your clinic? It sounds like there is really no way for cars or buses to get there. So I assume that your patients have to walk to these centers. So the centers must be located fairly close and actually exist within the slum itself. That's right, Dr. Pickard. The patient doesn't have to actually go to a center far away. We have taken centers into the slums, deep into the slums. And what we have done, we have mobilized the community to open DOTS centers. We have got a list of the treated patients, patients who themselves recovered from tuberculosis and requested them to take training with us and to convert a room or a small area of the room in the house into a TB center. We have priests in the temple, we have small shopkeepers, we have retired army personnel, all doing work for us as volunteers. And they are the ones, a lot of people, people living deep in the slums, nearby these people, nearby the patients, so that no patient needs to walk too much. Within a few yards from the house is a TB treatment center, and they can get the medicine. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and I'm speaking with Dr. Shelley Batra, president of Operation ASHA, an organization that's trying to stamp out the epidemic of tuberculosis in India, where a third of all the world's cases exist in this one country. Where do you get the staff to take care of all of these patients? Our centers are manned by volunteers. So these are people in the community, the socio-religious organizations, people who are doing charity. For example, there is a person who was distributing herbs in the memory of his father. We initially would go door to door and ask people, explain the concept and request them to join up with us, with us. And out of several, one or two would agree. So this particular gentleman agreed right away. He said, I was distributing herbs. Now I'll be giving treatment for a proper medicine. So the motivation is there to do good. And another motivation is that they become almost like doctors in the vicinity. Because not only are they giving uh, TB drugs, they are also uh, giving OTC medicines. We provide OTC drugs at all the centers. We are giving uh, painkillers, cough syrups, antacids. So these people, they become almost like medical personnel. They get a lot of respect of the community. And this is how the volunteer model is working because they are helping others. And at the same time, they're getting a lot of respect and a lot of satisfaction. Now, we also have a regular staff. Now, our staff consists of our counselors, 
A very important part of TB treatment is education and the other is default tracking and both these are done by our paid staff, our counsellors. Unless we diagnose, how can we treat? So what do we do? We are doing a lot of TB education programs. We are trying to educate people about the symptoms of tuberculosis and the importance of contacts of patients of TB to come forward and get themselves tested. And we go and tell people, if you're having hemoptysis, no problem, come to us. We will diagnose you and we'll treat you and all for free. And nobody will know. We will maintain your, we will respect your privacy. Who does the diagnostic part? Who looks at these smears? The di- diagnostic part is taken care of by the public hospitals. According to the revised National Tuberculosis Control Program, which works in collaboration with the World Health Organization and the other donor organizations, it is run by the Indian government. Under this scheme, we have enough public hospitals and diagnostic centers for sputum testing. The sputum smears are done at these centers. These are more than adequate. We have physicians at these centers who take care of the test and who decide in which category the patient goes to and then allot a box of medicine for the entire therapy to the patient. Now the problem comes when we have to distribute the medicine under supervision because if a slum center is miles away from the public hospital, it is obvious no patient can spend half a day in going and collecting the medicine He loses his day's wages. So if there's a choice between food and medicine, the patient will choose food for the family rather than medicine. So it is a tragic situation that medicines are there for free, but they're not reaching the patients. So what Operation Asha is basically doing is providing the medicines at a time and place convenient to these people. Another problem I faced is that of social stigma. It's very difficult for a patient to come up in front of others and say, I've got tuberculosis and I need half a day off from my job to get the medicines from the public hospital, which is open, say, from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock, because he'll be thrown out of the job. But Operation Asha centers are open near his house, so nobody needs to know he can get the medicine early morning, on his way to work, or on his way back from work. So if there is a stigma to having tuberculosis, is it possible that somebody might lose their job and therefore the ability to put food on the table? It's not just possible. It happens every day. People are thrown out of their jobs. Not only that, women are thrown out of houses. They are abandoned by the family. Not just young women. Elderly mothers are abandoned by the family and left to die on the roads. There are children who are thrown out of school. Not only that, an interesting report was that a large number of children have to leave school because of tuberculosis and for two reasons. Either they have TB themselves and they have to commute all the way to public hospitals thrice a week for the medicines and cannot attend school. Or the parents who are breadwinners have tuberculosis and thus cannot work because they have to go to their public hospitals. So the child drops out of school in order to work and make money for the family. You mentioned an interesting fact about the stigma of tuberculosis. There are 4 million people in India who are HIV positive and have AIDS. Half of them supposedly also have tuberculosis. At your clinic, do you have the opportunity to offer HIV testing and possible counseling? We are doing counseling of all RTB patients that they should be tested for HIV very discreetly in the public hospitals. There is already a social stigma attached to tuberculosis, and we are trying very hard, fighting very hard to overcome the barriers created by the community in TB treatment.
But at the same time, we understand that HIV is a genuine problem in TB patients. In fact, tuberculosis is the opportunistic infection that takes away the HIV patients. So it is a must that every TB patient should be diagnosed, should be tested for HIV, but we cannot enforce this rule. We can only suggest it and explain it and persuade as many as possible to go to the public hospitals for the free testing. I want to thank Dr. Shelley Batra for being with us today. And we've been discussing Operation Asha, an attempt to bring good health to so many people in India who are suffering the ravages of tuberculosis. And I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.